This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. You can also hear him on the Dallas Cowboys radio network as the pre- and post-game co-host. Brian Broaddus, how you doing, man? Doing well, Robert. Thank you very much. It's hard to believe that... uh... We've got to week 18, haven't we? Uh, amazing. It seemed like you and I were doing podcasts together from Oxnard talking about how they were going to cut this team down to 53. But uh, here we go. Uh, going to finish this thing off and then uh, get ready for a playoff game. And and we'll talk about some playoff scenarios here in a sec. Um, we'll, we'll also uh, mention the, the DeMar Hamlin tragedy, obviously, because I think yeah. that affects everybody across the league. Um, but it is it is interesting the way you you talk about how it seems like just yesterday we were back in Oxnard and it really does in a lot of ways. But also, uh, it feels like so long ago that they played Week One against Tampa, for instance. Yeah, and there have been so many ups and downs with this season. I think that not to get too reflective, but I think that's ultimately why Cowboys fans have been so frustrated. Is you get these long buildups and you think you got a f- good football team, and for it to be over so quickly as frequently as it has been in the last few years or, or the last you know 20 years, to be honest, 20, 25 years. Uh, I, I think that's why you see a lot of the uh, a, a, a lot of the the frustration and things like that. And, and a lot of the the you know unease about feeling confident about this football team is because it's like I've been hurt before, but I think uh, like you mentioned at the end of last episode, you got to view each team as kind of its own thing. Um, and, and, you know, just because something happened to a team in the past doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen to this one today. Uh, but I, I certainly understand the, the fear of, of getting your heart broken again, as, as Cowboys fans have had, especially when you're staring at the prospects potentially of a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers matchup, like we talked about the other day. Uh, but before we get into some of this stuff, Ryan, I got a question for you because yeah. they are still in the, the hunt for the number one seed, even if it may be a little unlikely. Do you know? Trivia question. Do you know the last time the Cowboys won a road playoff game? Probably goes all the way back to, I'm going to guess because I don't ever remember winning one when I was there. Um, I'm going to go back 19. Okay, wait a minute. Because I'm thinking, okay, wait, I'm I'm thinking about this. They went, they got beat the Super Bowl in, 1995. No, they probably weren't on the road in 1995. 1994? Jeez, it had 90... 1991? The very first NFC Championship game victory during the 90s Super Bowl. And it was the 92 Championship game at Candlestick. Okay. Okay. The Alvin Harper game. That was was the last road playoff game. I was trying to think of what year... I was trying to... I know that was a road game. And I was trying to think about that. So I was I was in the ballpark. Yeah, 90, 92. I you know what's so funny, Bobby? I was at that game. I, Were I, you? I was. 
I was working for the Green Bay Packers and a scout, if you listen to our show and you know the NFL, um, I worked with a guy named John Dorsey, who was a general manager. Actually, John was responsible for drafting Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City. And so John was a GM, but at the time, John was an area scout force with the Packers. And John told uh, we were John and I were out in Palo Alto for the uh, East West game. And so I was like, John's like, hey, I've got this buddy who's got a suite at Candlestick Park. Um, God, I should have remembered this time. I, now here I remember the story. Now you say the date. Uh, so, um, but John invites me to the game. And we're both working for the Packers. And so I'm I'm at the game and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these fans from San Francisco. And they are just basically going to town on the city of Dallas. Like they are saying things. And that's my home. So yeah. I'm sitting there the whole game. I'm sitting there the whole game and just listening and listening and listening. And they're going off on the Cowboys. And John just, you know, where John and I are just sitting there watching the game. And Harper catches that ball. And I literally stand up in the box. And I'm like, run, 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 run. And like these 49er fans all turn around and look at me. And they're like, what the? And I go, you son of a bitches <laughs> were like, you son of a bitches the whole day. We're talking about people from Dallas, the team, everything about it. And I go, I couldn't take it anymore. And Dorsey at that time, John looks at me and goes, Brian, we need to go. So I'm like, fine, fine, let's go. And I, I got up, we got up and left. But literally when Harper caught that ball, I was screaming at the top of my lungs for him to run. And uh, yeah. And that was my story at Candlestick. God, I, I could not remember 1992. I knew it was right around that time, but anyway, but yeah, Harper, those, those fans in San Francisco, they were, they were brutal on, and I, I got tired of it. I just got, you know, they did not say one nice thing about the city of Dallas, people from Dallas and that football. Was it, was it Philadelphia like? Philadelphia is really, really intense, really intense. These people, you'd had a pretty good rivalry, or it was starting to be a pretty good rivalry between the two teams. You know, and you could go back. You know, my uncle played for the 49ers in the 70s, Charlie Kruger. Matter of oh. fact, the 49ers wore a number 70 decal on the back of their helmet last year. And that was for my uncle. Oh, that played, wow. That played with the 49ers. And so, um, yeah, they, they've had – it was a long, long, long rivalry between the two teams. And like in the 70s, and then it kind of like Dallas started kind of falling apart. Dallas' big, biggest rivalry when I was going to games at Texas Stadium uh, in the uh, in the 70s and the 80s were the Rams, the yep. Vikings, the like beginning in 1980, the Philadelphia Eagles started to be a better team. The At the time, the Redskins, now the Commanders were a rival. But yeah, the Giants, the the Cardinals, those were some, they weren't, they weren't as good as some of the teams that, but yeah, the 49ers very intense, but not as intense as what living in Philadelphia was. 
Well, the uh, they they are the Cowboys are, are going to be cheering against San Francisco this weekend, assuming uh, all games uh, are played as normal, which it appears we are headed for that. Um, and of course, that reference before we dive into these games a little bit is in the like really just the shocking tragedy of of Demar Hamlin uh, suffering cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills safety um, and by all accounts a a, a great great guy um and and a, a guy with a big heart and and a, a a charitable uh bent to him and uh it was just a really a, a a jarring play and i'm curious brian for uh your your thoughts on that that scenario in general obviously it's very sad um but but knowing having seen the the seriousness of, of injuries like this before obviously it's a a different scenario here with with DeMar Hamlin, but, you know, Sterling Sharp had his career ended while you were working in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that was on the field, but you were working for DallasCowboys.com when Jerry Brown uh, was killed in that car accident with Josh yeah. Brent. And so um, are, are you are you surprised that we we haven't gotten any sort of a, a call yet? Uh, or, or any sort of a, hey, we're just going to go ahead and move everything back by a week, get rid of the Pro Bowl week? Um, or, or do you think it's at this point best to just say, you know, soldier on, we we, we got to keep playing these games and, and, and our hearts are with them, but, but we got to play football like we have during the Jerry Brown or the Sean Taylor or other instances that have happened off the field? I'll tell you what, uh, I was also on the sideline when Gil Haskell, one of our coaches in Green Bay, got run into and his head hit the turf uh, violently on the sidelines at Texas stadium with that hard turf. And uh, we had to stop the game and all that. They had to take Gil off on a, a stretcher. He had to go to the hospital. I'm not going to lie to everybody out there. When he got hit, I thought we lost him. I thought how violently his head hit that turf that we lost him right there. And, uh, and the, you know, we got him away and, you know, our team, the Cowboys were good. They, they were beating us. I mean, it was, you know, it's something that's shocking, but we, we kept playing and, you know, not knowing that one of our, you know, not knowing anything about one of our coaches, you know, that, that he was, uh, in that situation, you mentioned about Sterling Sharp, uh, you know, that was another one that was just very much a situation where you're like, you know, oh, please don't let this be, you know. And, um, yeah, it's it, too, it's stunning when people go back and watch the Sterling Sharp injury. No, yeah. I think people yeah. watch back and go that that was what happened yeah. there. Yeah, he had a he had a like narrow he had a, he had a narrow what we figured out was when we he had a narrow uh, spinal canal. And yeah. that that's what. Um, Matter of fact, I'll give you another one of a guy that never knew how close he was to being injured was uh, Eric Dickerson. Uh, we got Eric Dickerson in Green Bay in a trade from Atlanta, uh, Rams Atlanta to us, and we did the uh, the MRI on his neck, and he had a narrow spinal canal, and like to the point where just one hit, any kind of hit, you know, potentially – you know, and you could say that for a lot of players. I mean, if they get put in a bad situation, but Eric Dickerson went his whole career and never knew he had that. 
never knew that he had the narrowing of that spinal canal. And he goes, man, I, and the, after he left us, he retired. He just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. You know, we made a trade for him in green Bay. We were going to bring him to green Bay to play. But uh, what, what we learned the other night about, you know, Hamlin's injury was that it as rare as it is, you know, in other sports, it's happened before. Hockey, it's happened. Baseball, soccer, injuries like this happen where you have, uh, uh, you know, blunt trauma to the chest area, you know, the heart area, you know, and yep. it, it happens. What we also learned is the men and women, and you could say what you want about the NFL and about player safety and all that, but the men and women – the 30 some odd staff members heroes that stand on that field during the game. And Christy scales from the sideline report from DallasCowboys.com. We had her on the G bag nation the other day and I knew this, but I didn't know the number. They have specialists on the sidelines for everything. They have specialists for eyes. They have dental specialists, trauma specialists. They have all these, every sideline has, assigned staffs to both benches, you know, whether you're home or away that are responsible to go on top of the trainers you have and their own team doctors that are out there for that staff to see exactly what was happening and to run on that field. And here you are, you got a player with a Jersey, you got a player with shoulder pads and you have a player with a long sleeve undershirt wearing, you know, and now you're cutting jerseys, you're cutting shoulder pads, you're breaking things open to get to the area that you need to be and to be able to do it the way they did and as quickly as they did, they saved that kid's life. Now, we're starting to hear positive things. Again, he needs our prayers. No no doubt about that. And our support, anything we can do. Yeah, he's he's not out of the woods yet. He's but not it is, out of the woods. But but it's yeah, it's it's not one of those things where he 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 perished in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. You know, the work that those men and women did and the the medical staffs from both teams that to get that to get that situation it's resolved as quickly as they did, I believe saved that kid's life. And that's that's the thing that you have to if you're a player going forward and you're questioning about wanting to ever play again, I it's a violent game. I get I Trust me, I had a son that played high school football, and when it was over, when he was done playing, I've never been so happy in my life. To honestly, I really was happy, but I I wanted him to play. I wanted him to have that experience because my life has been football. It had been very hypocritical of me to say, "Oh, don't play football, don't play football," you know, because I I played football. I got a scholarship. I went on to work in the NFL. I got a job at media because of my ability to work in the NFL. So I can't sit there and, and be hypocritical and say, don't play. As I'm sitting here and evaluating players and parents who made a decision similar to mine, but they, you know, go on and play, go on and play. You know, so I, I just think that if you look at the league as a whole, yes, player safety has come miles from what it used to be. But the fact that they have, people in place to be able to handle emergencies like that one and, and, and give 
give you give these players and coaches and fans a little peace of mind that hey, if something like this happens again, these are the protocols we'll go through. And I, I it, as violent as this game is, that's the one thing as a player that I would have to say. I have to feel good that these men and women that are standing here around me on this during this game are going to save my life if they have to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even you mentioning the that was one yeah. of the things I thought about is is the cutting open the jersey and the pads. Yeah. And you yeah. just watch somebody get, you know, you, you go into a locker room afterwards and they're coming out of their pads. It sometimes takes like two, three guys to help somebody get their pads off. And it's a yeah. cumbersome, you know, 30 second like, oh, all right, we'll turn over, bend your head down. Let me pull this over here. And and so for them to do what they did as quickly as they did, they're honestly well, everybody involved there. They're heroes. And it's uh, it, it's something that, you know, we're, we're we all are going to continue to pray for Damar Hamlin yeah. and his family. The, the thing that's. Now, there's some real tragedies, though. The Cowboys had this happen a couple of years ago, if you remember, Bobby. Marcus Paul, the strength coach, yep, collapsed in the weight room. And I'll never forget that whole – when that hall went down, and I know trainers and guys that did their very, very, very best to try and revive Coach Paul, you know, and they – they couldn't get it done, uh, but they did everything they could. They had, you know, defibrillators. They had everything. Their compressions. They did everything they could, and they couldn't bring him back. You know, sometimes it just, it just doesn't happen. And I, I know from knowing people as well as I do in the organization, those are one of those times that they'll always remember. You know, but the next time if something like that happens. You know, hopefully it won't be the the results that they just went through with Coach Paul. But it's the fact that these men and women are trained the way they are to potentially save a life. I think you have to feel as a player, you have to feel good that as violent as this game is, these guys are looking out for me. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.